When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. So the Toronto Blue Jays game against the Colorado Rockies uh, delayed by rain tonight. So I don't have, obviously, a Blue Jays update from your Crystal Glass scoreboard. Of course, you can go to Crystal Glass for all your glass needs, and you can visit them online at crystalglass.ca. The uh, Cleveland Indians... Riding a huge winning streak into tonight's game. And they win again. They're 11th in a row, 5-3 over the Atlanta Braves. Corey Kluber gets the win. He's now 8-7 on the season. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Chet. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Really special segment we uh, have here. I I told you about this last night. I know I put it out on Twitter. And I I have to say, uh, I don't think I've ever had a single tweet get as much response as the one I sent out last night, and that was uh, letting you know that Tom McLaughlin, a loyal caller to this show, to uh, Oilers Now, to Overtime Open Line, had passed away at the age of 96. His uh, son informed me of that last night, and i got to say, I never met Tom in person. What a special experience it was to get to know him a little bit through his phone calls he was a huge Neil Yakupov fan, huge Oilers fan, huge Edmonton Eskimos fan, and he just always brought so much energy to the show. He just loved to talk to me or Bob. He loved to talk sports. And he had a very interesting, long sports-related life. Uh, so last summer I we were talking, and, and uh, it came up, why don't we do something on the show with you as the guest, and and given that Tom has recently passed away, and I know he got a lot of response on Twitter from people who enjoyed his calls and loved hearing for him, so it was last July 3rd, Tom McLaughlin joined me on Inside Sports, and here's how that went. Hey, Tom, how are you tonight? I'm doing all right, Reed. How are you doing? Doing very well. Thanks for making time for me, man. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I I hope uh, I have enough to make a good story out of it, I don't, I don't know whether I have or not, but <laughs> we can find out. I well, guess. I think you do, and I'll jump in and ask a question if you, if you need some help. But you are now 95 years of age, is that correct? That's right, yeah. All right, so you were born, uh, so that goes back to 1920, obviously. Where were you born, sir? In, in Edmonton here. Now, tell us... You said you were born in West Edmonton, but that that's in, no longer... In, in the, I believe it was the Missicordia Hospital, I think. The original? Yeah. And where was it? It was on Jasper and somewhere around 
Oh, fifteenth. I'm not. I'm, I just don't remember exactly where it was. So, it, so in right now, the the heart of the Oliver neighborhood was the West End of Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Earlier in the show, I was talking about a pizza place that's on Jasper and One Seventeenth. You could have been born right there. Around that time, I, I would think so. Yeah. All right. So uh, you're a lifelong Edmontonian, born in 1920. And we want to get to, obviously, some of the sporting stuff you accomplished, but what was... So you're growing up in the 20s and the 30s. I mean, what what was the city like? Well, I tell you, we had the city at that at that time. The Palm Dairy used to deliver deliver milk, and uh, the uh, one, one of the cleaning outfits, they picked up and delivered uh, washing and, and, dried, and dry cleaning. And uh, the uh, two two uh, theaters that were prominent for uh, uh, for were, were the Gem and the Dreamland, and then they used to have uh, matinees for for kids that were cost uh, fifteen cents, and and uh, we used to sometimes take our take our lunch and sit through. <laughs> Two or three showings of them there. And, so, where were these theaters? Were they downtown? Yeah, they were in the south side, someplace. Okay, so Strathcona was already a part of Edmonton by the time you no, were a kid. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I don't think so. No. So you'd have to go. The high level bridge would have been oh, there. Oh boy, that was a. Thir- the, we 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 went over that high level bridge, and you know, uh, the the edge was more, less than two feet away from the. From the side, from going over, eh? and we uh, we uh, had a hockey team. We were going over there to play for some place, and we get the whole bunch of us back there, and we started swaying. And the conductor stopped, and he said, "You guys stop doing that, or I'll have the police on you for 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 trying to to, to create a, a health problem." So uh, we we stopped that all right in a hurry. Yeah. And at at that time, read the. Uh, uh, the streetcars had uh, they instead of turning having to turn around that they had control boxes at, at either end, either end, and they used to just take the handle and go in and down and, and turn it and instead you know they could turn 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 the place around by just this handle. So so it it was it was a. That's that's the way that the streetcars operated. Okay, interesting. Uh, Tom McLaughlin joining us inside Sports on six thirty. Chat. So uh, you were uh, you you had you had a, a very varied sports career. What what interested you in sports as a kid, and, and maybe what was there? I mean, TV wouldn't have been around. What sports nope. did you follow when well, you were well, growing I'll up? Well, I tell you what, I was very involved with the uh, with the Edmonton grads. And uh, and the great uh, Percy Page, you know, the coach, the coach, the grads, and uh, a guy by the name of Arnold Henderson was a uh, brought in to, as a as an assistant manager, and he was an All-American uh, basketball player, so he kind of took me under his wing and and taught me the rudiments of being a a good coach and by being a good communicator. But especially to, be, to know all the and be able to interpret the uh, the rules of, of refereeing. And at one time, I I had a, a referee certificate that uh, qualified me to referee any championship game, any place, no matter where it was played. 
Okay, interesting. So you you refed, you played, and you coached basketball at various points in your yeah, life. Uh, yeah, I I, co I coached the, uh, the the U of A pan pandas. Oh, I have several high school teams, and the U of A pandas. And we uh, uh, at one time we went down to uh, to to play the, with the Golden Bears. We went down to play uh, a final in in Winnipeg. And we both won the events, and uh, we were doing both both winners of that uh, that championship game. And that was so. That was the pandas, probably before they were even in the Canada West Conference. Yeah, yeah, it, it would have been. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now, but, sorry, but I, Tom. I, I also uh, I had a I was uh, you know all those those type of things like that that involved with this refereeing and. And the coaching, of course, involved other people. But I also was a very had a very successful at, at track and field, and I entered uh, six events in one of one of the track meets, and and I won I won them all. And oh, I, I made head, headlines in the bulletin in the old journal, and uh, that I was the star the star of the meet. Okay, now hold on a second. Let's 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 go into this a little bit. How old were you? Oh, at that time. Uh, was it a high school meet? Yeah, yeah. So you're 16, 17, so you know, 19. I think I was a 17, maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure, Reed. Yeah. Okay, so 19, 36, 37. Now, what what events did you win in, Tom? We like, went into the uh, the hundred yard, the hundred yard dash, the the 220, the 440, the the relay, uh, the uh, the broad jump, and there was an, another thing, uh, jump called the hop. Skip and jump. Kind of like triple jump. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of like Carl Lewis then, but yeah, a lot nicer. I, I, <laughs> I was very good at uh, at all of them, and I and all you know, most of them involved the, the expertise and the uh, and and uh, of of others. But uh, when when I won all all those events, it was strictly on my own, and and really, yeah, that's what I'm most proud of. So what high school were you going to at that time? Uh, at West. Uh, West Glen. West Glen? Yeah. Is that is that still a high school? Uh, I darned if I know. Okay. Well, how many high schools were? Was that the only high? It couldn't have been the only no, school. No, there, there was a there was West Glen and and uh, oh, there was another one. There was a, of course what, we was out of uh, McDougal Commercial. That's where Percy Page coached the grads. He was right. McDougal Commercial. So uh, that that was a couple that I remember. Tom McLaughlin joining us on uh, Inside Sports. You've known him as a as a caller to this show. Today we're talking about some of his uh, athletic achievements. He was born in Edmonton in 1920. Proud Edmontonian. Um, you touched on the Edmonton grads, Tom. I just want to go back to that. And yep. by the way, incredible uh, track and field accomplishments. Can you? Is it possible to describe to people? how big a deal the grads were. I mean, we know how big a deal the Oilers and the Eskimos are in this town, and, you know, now we're hosting the World Cup, and that's been fun. But this was before TV, before the Internet. Yeah. Like how see, uh, at, that, at that time, uh, the, the grads were, they, they traveled the world, and, and uh, they, were, they were undefeated for, I don't know, how many they didn't? I don't know if they were ever defeated, but was more than not anymore in a couple of times. We'll get Matthew to look it up quick. Yeah, and they uh, they uh, but they had they had which was the world's top top player in Noel McDonald, 
and uh, she was without a doubt the greatest uh, women's basketball player and maybe even the men's uh, of all time so they had, they were a terrific ball uh, ball game and i uh, um, percy uh, page used to uh, when when teams like the Tulsa stenographers would come to town with one of the top teams he would he would pick me up and uh, and and we'd go to the games together and uh, i was i was very close to to pop page awesome now what's what's this story that you they recruited you and some other guys to play against the the grads play against yeah, the well, women's you see, team they they didn't uh, they couldn't find a, a ladies team to to give them enough competition so uh so uh, page uh, went out and, and gathered a team uh, uh, of boys, senior boys team, to see if we could give them enough uh, competition. And I was one of those members. And uh, I'll tell you, we uh, uh, we certainly lost more than than we won. <laughs> I well, remember the, now, what I, position were you? I've never met you. Are you a, are you a tall guy? Did you play no, guard? No, I uh, I'm I guess you'd say five foot two and eyes of blue. <laughs> oh no way! So you were you? Yeah, I was. I was also. I was also uh, when they had a, uh, a track med, uh, a thoroughbred meet. Uh, I I did. Uh, I was a jockey at one time. Too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh gee. Yeah. So, yeah, so so I I was involved in just about every kind of sport you want to name. Uh, and we had we had a uh, uh, I had a gal playing for me. Her name was Peggy Colville, and uh, she was the sister of Neil and and Mac Colville, who played uh, uh, with Alex Shmitsky and played uh, for the New York Rangers. And uh, they they were quite a quite a forward team. So uh, that was that was another event that I was witness to. Okay, T- you told me a story when we were talking the other afternoon, not on air. Uh, you refed a game where the Harlem Clowns came yeah, and played. Yeah, yeah, that was a very interesting game. Uh, I uh, I was following this big uh, black gentleman to make sure he didn't go out of bounds, and he uh, he reached over and picked me up, put me hit on the hip, hip down hit the and scored a basket. <laughs> so that that was something I'll I'll never I'll never forget. I'll tell you. Okay, I think we we lost you a bit there, Tom. But base, Tom basically said the guy picked him up. Uh, he, the guy picked you up and carried you by your hip and scored a basket with the other hand. And scored the basket, and and that's that's something I'll never forget. Wow, that's amazing, uh, Tom. We're getting near the end of our time here. We're going to have to do this again because you have so many great stories. Yeah. I actually got a text from a listener, uh, Taylor. He says, "Can you ask Tom what his favorite Edmonton sports moment is from your 95 years?" Well, the, the greatest moment I think was being when I went when I entered those uh, the six events and 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 won them all and made all the headlines that I was the the star of the event because I did that all on my own. What about as a spectator? Uh, hey, I was very seldom. I was usually involved in what was going on. Okay, so you wouldn't like, uh, I think maybe he means um, Commonwealth Games, a Stanley Cup, a Grey Cup, uh, an event like for that you, you know you that was in town that, that you really remember. Yeah, that's, that's in town is mostly what I remember, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Tom, this was great. We, we should do this again because I know you have more stories to tell. Well, I, I hope it's enough the information and made your this interview worthwhile, Reed. Well, no, people have been texting in that they're that they're enjoying it. I know we're going to stay in touch. I know you're still going to call our shows. Oh, you're a big yeah. Yakupov fan, aren't you? Oh, you betcha! I think he's a. I think he's going to. Now, now that we got uh, McDavid, do I? I think he he's going to be a, a a real good addition. Yeah. Well, Tom, you're you're a great Edmontonian. Well, let me ask you this: How come you've never moved? No, we've. Uh, yes, we did actually. Reed, we we moved ahead to the company moved me to uh, to to Calgary for quite a number of years. And know oh, that was hard being there. I tell you, being being an Edmonton fan and living in Calgary. When 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 was that? Uh, gosh, what year would that be? Damned. Uh, in the forties, I think sometime. Okay. Yeah. All right. So before the NHL, but there certainly would have been football going on. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right on. Tom, uh, Tom McLaughlin, thank you so much for doing this. I, I, well, look, I know we're going to talk again because you call in fairly regularly, but to, but uh, tonight you were the star of this segment. Thanks so much for pitching this, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, I appreciate your the, the time that you gave me, Brady, and then you you know you're, I don't know that there is another station in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want everybody to think that way. Thanks, Tom. Okay, bye for now. Tom McLaughlin, what a pleasure. He will be missed. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, thanks to everybody who's uh, texted in or uh, reached out on, on Twitter. Uh, I, I believe it was a grandchild of Tom who was uh, involved in some Twitter conversation with some of you last night and uh, got some text during that, uh, that interview. And uh, just thanks for listening. I mean, whenever Tom called in, he was, uh, he was the star of the segment. He, he just, I, mean, I remember... I can remember the first time he called in. I was producing Stoffer's show. You know, Bob had uh, brought his uh, noon to two lunch hour show over from 1260, and uh, Tom called in relatively early. And obviously, you could tell by his voice he was uh, he was uh, you know a senior. And we asked how how old he was, and he was 91 at the time, and he became a regular caller. And we always uh, loved when he called, and he became a bit of a personality in his own right. So I, I was sad to hear that he he passed away. His son informed me. Last night, and I was uh, really just happy to, to to play that that interview again, so we could hear his voice. And uh, great, I mean, just great stories. What a connection to the city's past, and uh, um, just a good reminder of of the people that have uh, that have built this city and and made Edmonton what it is. And Tom McLaughlin, certainly one of those. So I'm gonna miss calling him, calling in, like no no doubt about it. I always loved when he called, and I gotta give him credit. He stayed in Yakupov's corner. All, all the time, so I, I I always admired that. Of course, you can always reach us here seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I'll just read a couple of texts here. Uh, this individual says, "I wonder if there is room for Tom in the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame." Interesting stuff there. Uh, James says, "Thanks, Reed. What a way to honor a great sports-minded Edmontonian." Tear in my eye. 
Rocket, who called earlier, says, Tom was the best. I'm very sorry to hear about his passing. I listened to him often, always loved his Yakupov passion and his Oilers passion. Most importantly, I will miss that gentleman. Uh, this texture says, that was a great segment with Tom, a real sports fan, kind of like having our own Forrest Gump influencing the country in his own way. And uh, this texture says, hi, Reed. Thank you for playing that interview. Tom is my grandfather and will be missed dearly. Well, Thank you for sharing, Tom, with us. Maybe that was the uh, individual who was involved with some people on Twitter last night. Uh, if you want to jump into any of that, by the way, people are talking about Tom through my Twitter account, at Reed Wilkins. Uh, Penny says, thanks for playing your interview with Tom again. Was thinking about him last week. Hadn't heard him on the radio for a while. The Oven Chicken says, listening to Tom one last time is comforting, but really chokes me up. What a great man and Edmontonian. Well, we're going to keep covering Everton sports here. And I know there are maybe some Toms in the making out there. And you and I will still be talking when we're 96 years of age. Wouldn't that be great? What we're going to do in the next half hour is bring in Randy Hanch, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, and former Washington Capitals general manager George McPhee, whose son Graham was drafted by the Oilers on the weekend. Reed Wilkins with you. Oh, by the way, the Blue Jays game will go off tonight. Uh, I believe the was just double checking the time. I believe they're going to start it in just over an hour after a long weather delay. We're back after the news. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So it's actually 9.20 Mountain Time that the Blue Jays game will start in Denver. A big rain delay there. There is a hail on the field, but they're going to get it in tonight. Uh, I said it was just over an hour. It's actually just under an hour that that one is going to get going. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. Of course, a lot of Oilers discussion tonight. Milan Lucic, Jason Demers both visited Edmonton today. There were some uh, uh, reports that Milan Lucic had signed with the Oilers. Of course, you can't actually officially sign until uh, Friday. Lucic uh, told a uh, Boston uh, media personality that uh, there is no truth to the fact that he's committed to Edmonton. We'll see how that developed. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Oilers get at least one of these two gentlemen. They both have uh, pre-existing relationships with uh, with one with the Oilers general manager, that's Lucic and Sorelli. Demers has a pre-existing relationship with uh, with Todd McClung. See how it shakes down. Going to be an interesting few days for your Edmonton Oilers. And, of course, the Edmonton Oil Kings also getting ready for their next Western Hockey League season. And I'm pleased to welcome back to the show their general manager, Randy Hanch. Randy, how's it going, man? It's good, thank you. How are you, sir? Good. I appreciate you making time for us tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, the CHL import draft today. I'm going to jump right in and probably mispronounce the young man's name. What can you tell me about Artyom Baltruck? Well, he did pretty good. Okay. He did pretty good there. So, uh, you know what? Uh, Artyom is a player that uh, we were, you know, fortunate enough to see this year. Uh, he was at uh, the Max tournament. He, uh, he gave us, you know, a chance to staff to watch him. And 
Uh, he, as we kind of talked about in the release there, you know, he has good size, uh, moves fine, and uh, I, I think for him, he's just going to keep on grinding, growing into uh, his frame and his body. And uh, we were fortunate that uh, he was a right-hand shot and something we were looking for, and which was important along with uh, the age group uh, of uh, being in 1999. So, uh, uh, you know, combining everything there uh, made it a uh, good fit. How how valuable is that Max tournament? And I mean, a lot of people talk about. I mean, I was even talking about this with uh, uh, with Dave Drinkle in, in Saginaw because the Oilers drafted their defenseman uh, Marcus Niemelainen. You know that that transition from a you know slightly different size ice surface and maybe a little more about a, a grinding schedule. How valuable is that Max tournament to see a kid on the North American ice and playing a lot of games in a short period of time? Well, I think in the end it's a bonus. You know, you're not going to base uh, any, everything on that, but it, it, it was certainly an asset that, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it gave us a chance to kind of uh, see where he was at. Like, they ended up actually being, including himself, uh, two other players for a total of three. Uh, three players were uh, drafted off his team uh, today. So uh, it gave us a chance to kind of view him and grade him, you know, in, in competition where you're watching him against some of your list players. Like, he played Sherwood Park, played Lloyd Minster. Uh, Prince Albert, you know, these are all, you know, very respectable teams. So, uh, give, you know, you're going out watching these players throughout the year, and now you kind of grade them uh, against them. So, combining that along with uh, him having the opportunity with his teammates to already be over here in Canada and in Alberta, which was was pretty important. Uh, I think, I believe they went to Hitman game the one night. So, it's just not like uh, reviewing things on the internet. They actually have a, have a visual of uh, what to expect. So, uh, all that kind of stuff, you know, certainly led uh, us in the direction of uh, looking at him and uh, obviously in the end of his game. Randy Hanch, Edmonton Oil Kings general manager, joining us inside sports on 6.30 Chet. Look, uh, other big news uh, for you guys, the Western Hockey League schedule came out yesterday and it's going to be cool for the Oil Kings because you will open Rogers Place with the first hockey game there against the Red Deer Rebels on Saturday, September 24th. I mean, that's pretty cool. And maybe, Randy, and look, I know you guys have a pretty loyal following and you've had successful seasons, but this must be a cool opportunity to maybe draw some new people into your games as well who, who want to check out the rink and think, oh, hey, you know what, if I if I can't go to an Oilers game early in the season, I, maybe I can go to a couple of Oil Kings games. Yeah, no, it's uh, obviously going to be uh, a pretty special night. I think that uh, we're obviously honored that uh, they have that opportunity, and uh, it'll be something special that uh, everybody remembers. Uh, like I said, it's, uh, the building itself is, is is something you get excited for, and uh, just to play in it and be a part of it and practice in it. But to have the opportunity to, to open it up is is something you know for a hockey game is, is something that I know that we'll. Uh, we, we won't forget, and uh, like I said, it is, it is pretty special, and it will be exciting for sure. Uh, the Making the, the, the schedule is kind of a difficult process. I mean, I assume you probably saw a few drafts and, and versions and maybe had to say, uh, you know, you, you, you try to, because, I mean, the road trips, there's always a couple demanding road trips a, a year, but I, I assume you kind of try to minimize the, the toll that it could take on your team along the way if you can get a little bit of input in there. You do, and you know, basically, your schedule is kind of dictated by your building availability, and uh, that really dictates, you know, where, when you're on the road, uh, what nights you can play home games, what nights you're going back on the road, and uh, so that's that's the biggest probably challenge we have, uh, you know, because obviously it's going to be a very busy building with uh, obviously the orders and the concerts and the shows, and 
Uh, but in saying that, the trade-off is we get to, we get to play in in, uh, in a state-of-the-art building that's uh, going to be second to none. So for a junior hockey player, junior hockey staff, I, I, I guess it's pretty hard to argue that's uh, not to be uh, at the top of the list. So uh, we'll, we'll take the good with the bad for, you know, to have the reward of uh, playing there. And, and is this the year you go to the United States for one of your longer trips? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. we go uh, we go to the U.S. and that uh, you try to tie it in and space it out a bit as much as you can. And, and uh, it, 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 they're they're challenging. It's a challenging trip as it always is. But I'm saying that I know that uh, the guys always get excited for it, right? Because uh, a lot of times it's the first time for some players to to, to cross the border and uh, to play in those those buildings, which is a great experience for them and helps their development for sure. Yeah. Of course, oilkings.ca, you want to find out more about the import draft, and of course you can check out the entire Oil Kings schedule as well. Randy, I know we're going to be doing this again, and certainly uh, once you get rolling into your season, and it's always great to have some of your players on the show to get to know them throughout the season as well. Thanks so much for your time, man. Anytime, Reed. Thank you. As Randy Hanch, Edmonton Oil Kings general manager, checking in. Great to have him on the show. Reed Wilkins with you. Quick timeout, and then we will welcome the father of one of the Edmonton Oilers draft picks. You probably have heard of this guy, George McPhee, used to be the general manager of the Washington Capitals. Up next on Chet. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Of course, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. Who knows what we'll have to talk about by then. It is 8.43. Reed Wilkins with you. And uh, on the weekend, the Oilers drafted Graham McPhee out of the U.S. National Team Development Program. He is the son of former Washington Capitals general manager George McPhee. George, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Doing fine, thank you very much. Yeah, great to have you on the show. And, uh, man, what a weekend for uh, for you and your son. Gray McPhee snapped up by the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I mean, you, you've been obviously a National Hockey League player and, and executive, but what was the experience of being a uh, National Hockey League dad, or I guess a dad in waiting until he actually got picked? <laughs> Yeah, the expectant father. Um, I, I guess the first time for everything is is, is really kind of neat. Whether it's playing in your first game or your first time as a manager or your first movie, whatever. Um, first time going through a draft, uh, and the only time I guess for my son was, uh, was certainly different. Um, Friday night was easy with the first round. Um, because he wasn't going to go in the first round, and I was focused on trying to help the Islanders. And then uh, the next day, uh, we went to the rink together and said, gee, was this kid could be drafted today. And as we got closer to the round, um, uh, you know, you just uh, hope he's going to be happy and be selected, and uh, and it's actually a relief when it, when it happens. Yeah. Did you have an expectation of where he was going to get picked? Did you have any of that worry like oh no what if you know he came here and, and, and no one winds up picking him what was that experience like um i i thought that uh i, I mentioned to him at the start of the season if he had a good year he'll probably go in the, the third round and if he doesn't have a good year you'll you'll probably go in the fifth and 
uh, it was a year where he didn't get to play a lot on the, the team that he was on, but uh, still developed and uh, still learned. Um, so it, it, it wasn't a surprise, um, and that's, that's where we sort of projected him to go. Um, I think the Oilers uh, know that this is going to take a little time. He's probably going to be a late bloomer. He's going to need development time. So doing what he's doing, going to Boston College in a real good program and going to take his time and get strong and develop uh, is, is probably the, way, the best way to go, and that's why they drafted him where they drafted what here's here's the tough question, George. I mean, what's what's your your scouting report of your own son? When it comes to that, are you able to separate sort of uh, you know be, being the dad and and just sort of analyzing him as a hockey player, or 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 is that too hard to do? <laughs> uh, well, that's interesting because I never followed a report on him. Yeah, I, I followed a report on all the other uh, players on his team, but uh, I, I didn't want to file reports on my own son. Uh, uh, Graham's a pretty smart player. He's got skill, and uh, um, he's got a little bite to him. Um, he just needs to, you know, grow a little bit and get a little stronger. He's actually he's a six foot player now, and we had him up to about 180 pounds a few times this year. He came a little light at the combine, but um, so I think that uh, with a few years of development, he could be a six foot, maybe taller. Uh, 195 pound player. So um, that's that's what needs to happen here. And uh, the good news is he's in a place where that that can happen. Now you, you said he's got a little bit of bite to him. Does that come from you? <laughs> um, I, I I never uh, really encouraged that. I uh, you know when he was younger, he spent too much time trying to hit people and everything else. And I told him that's that's not the way to play. Learning how to hit is probably the easiest thing you can learn to do in hockey and the more important thing to do is just play the game uh, play hard play fast be the first one on the puck and when you get the puck you know make plays make decisions uh hang on to it um develop your your skill and so um i thought he he did a really good job of doing that in the past couple of years actually uh hanging on the puck and making plays uh, rather than trying to get the hit every shift Right. George McPhee joining us on Inside Sports, father of Graham McPhee, drafted in the uh, fifth round by the Oilers over the weekend in Buffalo. i got to tell you a quick story here, George, and just get your reaction to it. I, I was uh, back at my hotel in Buffalo after the draft wrapped up, and I, I wound up in, uh, in, an el- in the elevator with someone wearing a, a USA Hockey shirt so you have the brief conversation oh you know where are you from which team you involved with I, I said I'm from Edmonton and I said yeah the Oilers drafted Gray McPhee and this person exiting the elevator just quickly said well they got a really good kid there I, I mean what 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 does it mean to you as a father to, to hear somebody somebody say that well it, it means everything because you know what they're like at home and uh, you, you, you hope that they're public and private Personas are the same, but they're they're good people, and and uh, um, you know as a parent you do the best you can, and you keep your fingers crossed, and and teach the kids as, as best you can, and and hope they absorb properly, and, and they're good kids. Um, so I think the the really good thing about being in hockey uh, all the way up is uh, you really get um, surrounded by good people and good role models and. Um, 
You know, it's, it's one of the great things about hockey. A lot of the people in hockey are pretty humble people. And uh, so, <clears throat> I, I, for lots of reasons, I love the game, but I also love that part of it that we've got really good people in the game that are terrific role models for kids. And uh, after interviewing all the kids at the draft this year, they, they just keep getting better. They're just wonderful kids, uh, well-rounded, polite. Uh, and I'm <clears throat> just hoping that uh, my kid's one of them, that he's like the rest. I mean, you obviously, I know you weren't <clears throat> drafted yourself, but you played in the NHL, and, and, and being a manager, you went through the draft several times. Is it, can you compare what the experience is like for a teenage hockey prospect now as compared to when you were that age in the, in the, in the 80s or, you know, even what, uh, you know, an Ovechkin would have went through or anything like that. I mean, it just seems to keep evolving, and in my mind they're more polished, they're bigger, stronger, all that kind of thing. How do you see it? Yeah, it's dramatically different. Uh, from when I, I, I never thought I could play in the NHL. I, you know, I, so I went off to college and, and uh, never really paid any attention to the NHL draft or anything like that. We didn't know much about it. Um, you know, the, the, today's uh, players are, are really so much better than we were back then. Uh, we, we have players coming. You know, back then we had Canadian players and some American players and some players coming from Europe, but uh, you know you've got players coming from all over the world now, and, and the talent pool is so much bigger. Uh, there are more people playing. That now, you know, when the players come in, almost every one of them seems to have a genetic gift. You know, they're they're big, they're really uh, well proportioned, athletic. Um, there used to be a time that you you would go to the combine and you know, 20 years ago and look at some players and say, geez, I don't know if that physique is, is one that's going to hold up in the NHL for 15 years. You don't see much of that anymore. And then even during the interview process, um, and it doesn't matter whether they're coached or not, you can get through them and figure out what these kids are about. Uh, there used to be a time when maybe there were 10 or 12 kids that you just you didn't really like the personality you weren't sure that 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 guy would be right for your organization. And and now if there are two of those guys, it's a lot. Um, they are, you know, they're, they're, they're just more well-rounded kids, more worldly, more knowledgeable, smarter. They are better athletes and they are better trained in every way. So it's, it's, um, I don't think there's any comparison uh, to, to what went on 30 years ago. Yeah. George McPhee joining us on Inside Sports. His son, Graham, drafted by the Oilers. Just a couple more for you. Uh, maybe have some fun with this one if uh, Graham kind of did on the weekend. Well, what's your memory of a, a younger Graham? Um, he put, he played some mini sticks with Alexander Ovechkin, or Ovechkin was, was rooming with you guys for a while and they bonded a bit? Is, what's, what's the story there? Uh, the story was when I was trying to get Alex to come over, we only had the, the work, the lockout had just ended. We only had three days to get players signed or get him signed, or he was going to have to stay in Russia under the, under the terms of his, his deal. So we scrambled to get it done, and uh, and his parents actually wanted him to stay another year, and uh, we'll worry about him a little bit. And I assured them that, you know, we'd look after their son. And uh, so when he first came over, uh, 
we have them at our house and um, and stay with us for a little while and and uh, you know the, the kids would you know my kids would love having any NHL player here but Alex was uh, supposed to be this elite player but the great thing about Alex was he he was great to these kids he would play many sticks down in the basement for hours with these kids uh, you know he'd come over at Christmas and uh, have a play you know we used to have a lot of people here at Christmas and he'd hang out for about 15 minutes with the adults and then he was downstairs playing with the kids and he'd come up three hours later soaking wet so he was just, uh, you know, Alex, he's just full of energy and always wanting to do something active and athletic. And uh, he just had a lot of fun with the kids, and they sure enjoyed him. Right on. Well, George, I, I, we talked a lot about Graham. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you one question about yourself. Uh, you had a, a long tenure as general manager of the Washington Capitals. I know you're working with the Islanders now. I'm not going to ask you about any specific rumors because we could go on forever doing that. But is your... Um, ambition to be back in a GM's chair? Do you, is that how you how you see yourself as you move uh, ahead here, or can you enli- enlighten me on, on anything along those lines? Uh, certainly, in the, with the right opportunity, I'd be interested in doing it again. I thought we did a real good job in Washington, and uh, you know, like most coaches and managers, uh, you're even better the second time around. So I would certainly be interested in doing something like that. Okay. Um, but anyway, it was a. Uh, it was a great weekend uh, for Graham, and it's it's not really about us. It's about him. The, the great thing about the whole thing was you hear from lots of long-lost friends and parents of kids you played with years ago, and it was really a neat experience. And uh, and Graham wasn't the only uh, multi-generational family to you know to go through this. He had Bellows and uh, Brown, Nylander, Chikrin, Dolan, Stillman. There's a lot of them, so... It's a pretty neat weekend for a lot of hockey families that have been there before. Well said. George, thanks for being so generous with your time tonight. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sports. My pleasure, Reed. Thank you very much. That is George McPhee, father of Oilers draft pick Graham McPhee, former GM of the Washington Capitals, 17 years he was in that role. And uh, a lot of rumors that he's going to be the first general manager of the Las Vegas NHL team. We will keep an eye on that. Reed Wilkins with you. 8.56. The Blue Jays game will start in about 25 minutes. Big weather delay tonight in uh, in Denver playing the Colorado Rockies. Uh, celebrated football coach Buddy Ryan passing away at the age of 82. He was pugnacious, irascible, and a trailblazer. Ryan's defensive innovations helped earn the 68 Jets and 1985 Chicago Bears Super Bowl titles. It was with that Bears team that Ryan developed his revolutionary 46 defense that dominated opponents during a 15-1 season. The scheme allowed such Hall of Famers as linebacker Mike Singletary and ends Dan Hampton and Richard Dent to come from all angles to shut down offenses on the ground and in the air. Despite the team's success, Ryan and head coach Mike Ditka almost came to blows during their only loss of the season. Ryan later went on to become head coach with the Eagles and Cardinals. I'm Jim Militello. Also can tell you that Pat Summit passed away at the age of 64. She spent 38 years as the uh, coach at Tennessee. Eight national titles, generally considered uh, one of the top basketball coaches in American college ball. The Vancouver Canucks fined $50,000 for tampering. 
GM Jim Benning made some comments on Vancouver Radio about having interest in P.K. Subban and Steve Stamkos. You missed anything on the show tonight. We had some interesting discussion about Lucic, Demers, where the Oilers are headed, Taylor Hall, who might get moved out if one of these guys or two of these guys is signed. Uh, go to the 630ched.com website and go to the Inside Sports page. Thanks to Bernard Suen, who did a great job as your studio operator this evening. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. He's on holidays. Thanks for Brendan uh, Ulrich for pinch hitting in the producer's role. Our guests included George McPhee, Randy Hanch, Chris Sheets, Jason Strudwick. Tons of phone calls and texts tonight. That's always fun. And thanks to the family of Tom McLaughlin. And it was great to play the interview with Tom from last season. We're going to miss him. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is 8.58. Thank you so much for tuning in to Inside Sports tonight. We're back from 6 to 9 tomorrow. Take care. This is how it goes. This is how it goes. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.